Um, so they did practiced a lot of this stuff on the Irish as the what the English were coming over. I think the the British asked or they recruited the Ulster Scots to move into Ireland and effectively exterminate the people in Northern Ireland. Yeah, and they were already putting them on reservations. They were scalping the Irish. So this was kind of the atmosphere of the, the, the settlers first coming over to America. And a new idea had recently been promoted, which was the idea of private land ownership. Before that, it was the the commons, you know, like everybody shared land, a lot like the Indians. Um, so kind of a new strategy, a new method that the rich could become even more powerful was suddenly there's land ownership. Actually, this land, all this land that you were uh, hunting and using, it actually belongs to this guy. And because you want to use it, you're actually in debt to him, al- him already. So it was sort of a double win for the rich. And, of course, the rich had soldiers at their disposal. They could enforce this. Um, Now, not only do you lose the land that now belongs to somebody else, you're in debt because you – how are you going to live without some kind of land to borrow, to use? So this was a method that was being used against the Irish, against poor people all over Europe. So when the the floodgates open to the new world, it's this opportunity. And what do you think the rich do? The rich tell all the poor people, here's your opportunity. Now you too can own land. Go over there. There's land everywhere. Let's downplay that there are people living there. You know, yeah, there's people there. You know, if we get put in a corner, we'll admit there's people over there. But so far they've been friendly. I mean, look, we've sent ships over there. They've come back. They're very uh, an interesting people. Um, but just go over there, you know, settle the land, and it's yours. So – um, Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz talks about that as being actually a colonizing military strategy to use the settlers as a wall. You start putting the settlers there, and these shelters, these forts, these houses they build spread and spread and spread, and then the rich and powerful can come behind them. And those houses actually form sort of a wall of civilization spreading and encroaching on indigenous lands. And the first people who have to fight, who have to really – um, haggle with these people are the poor people, the settlers who are desperate. They've already been scalped, put on reservations. They've been screwed over by the rich. This is their only chance. And what are they thinking about? Are they thinking about high ideals like colonization? Are they thinking about the rights of indigenous people? Hell no. They're thinking about their families that were starving in Ireland. And this is their only chance. They better fight and they better win this fight. So I think that's an interesting part of history. You know, it's so easy to look for the bad guys. A long time ago, it was the Indians. They were the savages, and our heroes were General Custer and, you know, the cavalry. And then we flip-flopped it. Now all the, the white people are the bad guys, and the noble savage, they didn't even fight wars. They tapped each other with little coup sticks, and, ooh, I could have hurt you there. But the <laughs> truth is somewhere in the middle, you know? <laughs> like, it wasn't about good guys and bad guys. It was about desperate people. And if we, we, we want to look for bad guys, I find the bad guys... In the white camp, in the old camp, but not all of the settlers. The rich people, they're the ones behind the scenes, and those poor people that came over here to try to get a chance to get land, even they don't get to keep it for long because now the laws you know, come behind them, and they're suddenly paying taxes. They're sort of renting the land. The land is not really theirs. So as usual to me, it's kind of a story about all of us getting fucked by the rich. Yeah, and that's all to say that we live – even currently, but have lived in a culture of conquest. And that's 
one of the headings that Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz has in her book. We live in a culture of conquest. Um, the first European peasantry uh, had lost their land. They were probably more likely to be indentured servants when they came over here. So they were not only clearing the path for the rich, but they had to pay the rich back because they didn't have the money to get over here on the boat. And if they were lucky to keep their lives, um, once they encountered the people that were already here, the indigenous, the natives, um, maybe they could have a chance at fortune. But more than likely, they wouldn't because the rich would come over here and buy up all the land and then try to sell it back to the settlers for a higher price. So, yeah, like Gumby said, the rich are typically the ones that are the biggest assholes. And I don't see this as a racial statement. You know, when I say the rich people on the white people's side, I see this as a population statement. It's more of a way of life. I think there would be people among the Indians that would have just as quickly exploited. As a matter of fact, there were people that uh, tried to use the white people as a weapon against their enemy tribes, and that came around and bit them in the ass. But when you're in a small tribe, it's not easy to be rich because all the people know you. You're their neighbor. You start taking more than your share, people start hating you. You know, you don't get to do that for very long. It's it's kind of self-controlling. You don't need big arbitrary laws or federal government. You just need neighbors. You need a small tribe of people. In Europe, a long time ago, the population had exploded and was continuing to explode. So you didn't have close neighbors. You had distant politicians, distant royalty, distant powerful rich people, and they had soldiers that weren't your neighbors either. So that gave them a measure of control. So I don't think it was like, I don't know, a weakness of race, like the white people are just bad and the Indians are good. I think the white way of living which the whites didn't always live, as I pointed out with the Irish. You know, the whites had recently, a lot of the whites, had just lost their own battle against this way of life and been inducted, like the Indians were about to, to encounter themselves.